0: We can see anything that's happening elsewhere by looking at your face and your face shape and what you've inherited. So, for example, you know, if if you've had, um, you had uh, any filler put in your chin, we say that the chin pertains to someone's uh, concentration or focus on the luxury items. So if that's more pronounced, do you like more expensive things or do you not? Like I find it quite um, metaphysical to think about. Same with the nose. The nose is either your spine And we treat a lot of spinal conditions through just the nose itself, but it's also your life path. So when you see all the rugby players that have got broken noses, I'm like, what happened when you were 12? What happened when you were 20? Like, let's see if that pertains to life trauma as well as, you know, whatever else.
1: Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness and love. On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Abby from the Zhong Center Wellness Hub. Dr. Abby is a fully qualified and APRA registered traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist. Previously trained as a naturopath, but by combining her experience and knowledge in Western and Chinese medicine, along with her caring and sensitive approach to patients, Dr. Abby helps clients express the very best versions of themselves. She specifically focuses on the impact a woman's happiness can have, not only on her own life, but the ripple effect it has on those around her. Today, Dr. Abby walks us through the basics of Chinese medicine and acupuncture and how really this kind of healing practice goes way more than skin deep. Dr. Abby is full of energy and I'm going to slap a huge language warning on this episode, so if you have little ears around, you might wanna save this for later. But I really hope you enjoy this chat, cracking open this very ancient and very powerful way of healing. Dr. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us this way, to kind of crack the lid open on what Chinese medicine actually is. But not for nothing, I'm very intrigued with the way you use acupuncture, but we will get into that. So before we do, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for
0: inviting me. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. Same here. And I mean, there is a language warning on this, but... (laughs) (laughs)
0: get that out real early
1: (laughs) yeah just to be aware just in case you're in the car with little ears um you know we love a little spicy colorful language so that could be what you're in for but before we start um I would love to know your favorite quote just for us to get a little into your psyche so
0: one of my favorite quotes especially for when things are pretty tough is um for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks and its insides come out and everything changes. And to someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. Oh, By Cynthia okay. or Selling.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's
0: yeah, if you think about the metaphor of a seed actually growing, it does completely discombobulate and come undone but something phenomenal comes out of it. So whenever my client's going through an absolute shit show I'm like you're in the fertilizer so you just don't know it yet.
1: Yeah exactly and I and I think that that's um so important to remember that it is it's not a byproduct of change or growth it's an absolute vital ingredient
0: mm. sometimes it sucks balls, oh most but... of the
1: time it does otherwise yep. we wouldn't put ourselves through it. <laughs> sometimes it's not your choice. So. <laughs> yeah, most of the time it's not our choice. But that's why we don't put ourselves through it. And then when it, when it's forced, we're like, okay, we have to deal with oh, it.
0: shit, literally.
1: Yeah, well, a lot, you know, and a lot of us have been through obviously so much collectively but individually over the last few years. And I, I believe, I'm not sure about you and the people that you see in your practice, but I just don't think that many of us are even near kind of over it or even... Oh, no even like understanding it or processing it.
0: Not at all. We're still treating a lot of PTSD and people are calling it overwhelm and anxiety, but I'm like this, everything has a balance. Everything has a fallout. So, you know, collectively Mm. PTSD, especially with the seasonal changes people, because we in Melbourne, we experienced a lot of it through winter was harder. And Mm -hmm. so you can watch on a population, the behavior and, um, stress and anxiety and just all freak out seasonally in relation to oh if we go back you know a year ago two years ago three years this on this date was happening or this occurred and you know this the cells remember the body remembers so quite often we can see that come out in behavior.
1: If you listen to anything in this podcast, just listen to that. (laughs) Of course, listen to the rest of it. But, uh, you know, that's right. The cells, remember, we might have soldiered through it or got through it or found silver linings, but our body does not forget and holds that energy, that trauma. So if that's you, you're not alone, I would say most of us are still going through it.
0: Yep. And, you know, you, you have to unwind from trauma. You have to feel it. You don't have to feel the trauma but you have to feel to move through. It's like a a Chinese finger trap. The more you try to resist, the more trapped you are. So you have to lean in to work through to get to the other side. Which, you know, if you're going to keep avoiding it, it's just going to make it harder.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Mm. I mean, you would have heard in the intro Dr. Abby's very extensive and impressive bio, but really I'd love to hear the story of how you ended up in this field of, Chinese medicine, and really kind of leading it in a way that I'd never heard
0: of it being led before. Oh, I'm a sucker for punishment. <laughs> uh, lo- loves it, Loves I'm a degree, very- loves a bit of study. <laughs> I, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, I don't think determinational persistence should be something rewarded. I'm starting to think it's a mental health disorder. Um, don't even, is a good don't even joke. I
1: think. I think it is. And I think it's, especially for us women of this age, I mean, I'm not going to put you in my age bracket, but like. It can be because we were told, go out there, do everything, you can have it all.
0: Yeah, it we- costs a lot too, though. Costs a like, lot. <laughs> a, a yeah. Lot. Mm, yeah, it costs a lot. Um, so, I uh, initially in New Zealand, I was uh, working in a I was working in a medical center, and I found it really like from the small town that I was in, it wasn't necessarily someone's first choice of healthcare, you know, and supplements take a while to take effect in some cases, and then they're, they're quite expensive, it's out of pocket. Um, and I just wasn't getting the client compliance. So, therefore, they weren't coming back, and I wasn't getting the results that I was hoping. Um, so, it felt a little bit like I was just bludgeoning an axe to an arm to get a result. And um, in this medical center, there was an acupuncturist working there, and she was picking up diabetes before the tests and cancer before the tests. And I was hyper competitive. And I thought, hey, how are you doing that? And then I was also seeing that she could get rid of a headache then and there. And for me, the real kicker was we were sharing a client who. But being the politest I can be was um, mad, mad as a cut snake. She was crazy. Um, doesn't mean I didn't like her. She was just absolutely batshit. And she'd had a few children and had um, excess skin and excess weight hanging on from these children but was also um, mainly only concerned about her perceived fat, fat tummy. Like she's maybe a size 16, size 18. Um, but it didn't, you know, she would had back pain, she had migraines, she had poor sleep, blah, 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 blah. And then I watched the, uh, the Chinese medicine acupuncturist give her a treatment that reduced her stomach an inch in the session. And not only did that gobs back me because I thought the shit, shit, shit isn't real. It's not just all woo-woo and, you know, waving a wand. Um, I watched that. And then when the client came back, about half of her problems were gone because the one thing she was fixated on felt better. So it had this cascade effect of the rest of her health because she felt better. So she moved her body more, or mm. she wasn't sitting on the couch. She, she changed her food, you know, like it it created this cascade. And then seriously, um,
1: everyone everyone is listening to this, like I'm listening to, you, and they're going <laughs> an inch, an inch in a session books flight
0: to Melbourne. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I booked a flight to Melbourne too and uplifted my life and started studying Chinese medicine, and then um i did my internship in china and normally you go as a collective and the year i went nobody else went so i went to china alone which was the best and worst thing i've ever done so i was completely absorbed into an internship which made us work 80 100 hour weeks like a total so you know like that was phenomenal for my training and you really got to see what you can put the body through like they um they just you're treating minimum 10 people an hour you're treating minimum there were 13 rooms technically 13 you don't count the number four so technically 12 rooms on that ward so you're seeing anywhere from minimum 50 to 100 patients a day for any illness or condition or in conjunction with the western system so they're having an operation and then they're coming to see you or they're on medication and they're on herbs and they have an acupuncture um like I ended up getting a needle stick injury. So then I got put through the system because um, they have to do hepatitis screening and stuff like that. So not only did I get Western medication, I also would then prescribed herbs because they thought that I was crazy. And I was like, I know what you're prescribing me. Um, so I got to experience that. and But my love has always been cosmetic. And that's the sole reason why I got into Chinese medicine, because I just couldn't believe that there was an option that I didn't have to sacrifice my ethics for. So then I went on and did further training. So I've done some training in Hong Kong and Japan and France, and now I train worldwide how to show other practitioners how to do it so that it doesn't actually fuck up Botox or injectables because that's the nature of what we're in at the moment. Like I think uh, Australia per capita has more injectables and cosmetic surgery than America combined. So really, it's it's, it's – it, I'm, I'm going to put it down to the Gold Coast, bimbos. <laughs> you know the ones that look like Bob dogs. <laughs> I don't know, have you walked around the but industry no, per, of, you know, per I live capita. in the suburbs
1: of Sydney, it, like it's <laughs> it's
0: a well, pandemic. It, per capita, we are higher. Uh, yes, it's a bit of a an epidemic. Because, and, I mean, whatever makes you feel good, whatever floats your boat. Do you remember when mm. breast implants were just mm. rife? Calfing mm. plants were through the roof. So I, I do think it does have seasonal um, f- trends and fads. It does make it a bit difficult if you're trying really hard to hold on to your own authenticity when everywhere is reflected back. Yeah. For me personally, my vendetta is filters. Stop fucking filtering. Stop yeah. using the subtle filter. The subtle filter makes me the angriest. I'm like, oh, it's still on your face. Um, because, uh, I mean, studies have shown that if you have uh, too much Botox in your face and you have an infant or a toddler, they don't quite learn the empathy yeah. because the microisms in your face aren't teaching them. And that's not to say that Botox doesn't have amazing effects. And some beautiful work. And again, if having a dolphin forehead makes you super happy, fucking go for it. Like I support that one hundred percent. I'm not really actually having much of a, a judgment about it, but I do think um, we need to be conscious and um, conscious and uh, sensible about the long term implications of our choices, especially on it being reflected around us. Yeah. Um, so when I went to China, uh, this is my relatable story, by the way. When I went to China, I uh, spoke the language terribly. They yeah. all thought I was mentally ill. But the main thing was is I gained about at least 10 kilos. I refused to own scales. Like I grew out of all my clothes in a fortnight because I ate everything. I didn't quite understand the concept of yum cha. I didn't realize that food would keep coming. So I would like snuffle down the first amount of plate that came out, and another plate would come, oh, shit, I'll eat this because I don't know when I'm going to eat next. And so I gained weight really, really fast. (laughs) And, um, when I come back to Australia, my mentor, she's she's a fourth generation practitioner. And she actually helped me do the internship at the hospital that she got a purple heart from, for not losing a patient to SARS or losing a staff member to SARS, Mm. um, back when that was outbreaking. And she goes, Oh, you got fat. And I was like, the white people term is you've put on a bit of weight. (laughs) The white people term is you look very healthy. And, um, when she was treating me, I said, it doesn't matter how skinny I am, or if I run 20 kilometers per day, I still have a puka or I still have a, a tummy and I look pregnant. So I'd, I'd never feel comfortable in my body anyway. So it really created the sense of dysmorphia. Um, and cause I'm only, I'm only quite petite, but in my head, I think I'm, you know, a six foot four man. Um, and so she treated me over a course of three to six months and did like, I lost weight with her naturally, but also my physique changed. So I had a flat tummy. And even now when I, my weight fluctuates, I still have a flat abdomen so I can be two sizes heavy and still super more confident with my body because the one thing that I'm consumed about doesn't exist anymore or doesn't take up my brain space the way it used to. And that's why I'm passionate about aesthetic acupuncture and cosmetic acupuncture. I get a lot of riff, especially within the natural world that I'm a charlatan or I'm, you know, just preying on people's vanity and, and vulnerable, but actually there's a lot, there's a lot to it. let not just, I've got this magic solution and it's going to make you feel better. I am, um, Genuinely know what it feels like to have so much of your mental health consumed yeah. by just trying to hide one imperceivable flaw. Like I was super competitive. I wasn't making a lot of friends at university because I perceived them all to be my competition rather than my comrades. It's a fucking hard degree. They need to be your comrades. Mm. It, it's it got an 80% dropout rate. Not a lot of people get to the end of the degree. So for me, once my abdomen and my mind perceived to be flat, um, I was – Missed genealogy, making these friends, made these study groups. My life became a lot easier. I was this grumpy. My sleep improved. My bowel movements were better. Um, I enjoyed moving my body. But according to scales, not a lot had changed. I'm not even sure necessarily a lot in pictures would have changed. But I could see how that one thing changed how I related to so many other factors in my life. And so that's why I really... I really resonate with it, and I will fight tooth and nail. So it's actually more than vanity, and vanity is a very important component of being a human in this world.
1: And I and I think it's unfair to judge vanity because, like you say, that important factor of being in this world, but also being a woman in this world, yet alone in this culture where, mm. uh, you know, it's whether we the like it, to agree with it or not. Yeah, well, yeah, and we and we have to do our best within what we've got whilst also, of course, attempting to shift and change it. But I've never associated acupuncture before with um, aesthetics, and I want to dive into that. But before we do, I would just love a rundown of, you know, Chinese Medicine 101 because I think it's something that you people might have dabbled in. They might have dabbled in a bit of acupuncture but I, I do believe there's a general um, just not awareness, not awareness I would say, out there around what it actually is and how it
0: works. Um, So traditional Chinese medicine is like over 4,000 years old. It's one of the original medicines. Um, Ayurveda is also one of the other oldest medicines. So some of their teachings are very similar because it's all based on You are part of the elements and the environment around you and you cannot separate the being from what it's in. Um, So I explain to my clients that it's a lifestyle medicine. So it's not just acupuncture. It's all about making sure that you are in balance with the environment, the seasons, and uh, location of where you are. So that also includes relationships. That also includes mental health. Um, Chinese medicine encompasses prescriptive medication and prescriptive herbs it encompasses dietary therapy. That's also exceptionally important. It encompasses a type of psychology that, um, we have to balance the emotions and assess a person very differently to Western psychology and, and that paradigm it's, it's similar, but quite different. It encompasses Taoism or Taoism. So there's a spiritual aspect to it that has to be adhered. It encompasses cupping, scraping, bleeding, medical massage, spiritual energy movement, so uh, qigong. It also incorporates strength uh, exercise, tai chi. Um, I've talked about tweener. There's this en- entire spectrum, and what it is is about getting the body to balance its own vitality in balance to where you are. So it's not a reductive uh medicine at all so i liken it to if a plant if um you have a, a plant and flowers are dying you don't just cut the flowers off you think what's going on with the soil what's the air quality is there aphids what are the leaves doing what's the stem doing Have the roots got enough space it's it's a holistic um holistic viewpoint and one symptom doesn't happen alone it happens in conjunction with a series of other things occurring so to make a really simple uh explanation um, the common cold in Chinese medicine, we have about twelve to fourteen different diagnoses for a common cold, coming down to the differences between sputum, nose sputum, sore throat, not a sore throat. So we've got that many different herbs and toolkits that we would do to specifically treat your cold. Whereas if it comes to cancer, we only have two diagnoses: lump or not a lump, because the way that the um Presentation of symptoms uh, is is very different. So the freeing thing about Chinese medicine is um, the fact that we're not held by a diagnosis that you're given. So we don't recognise uh, the term PCOS. For us, it could be the exact same presentation as someone who has endometriosis. What we're looking at is the collective of other symptoms in their world that got them to that point. So. Whilst, you know, PCOS is an insulin resistance issue and endometriosis is an overgrowth of endometrial tissue, not just in the in in the uterus, it can also be in the bowels, it can also be in other parts of the body. For us, we're like the symptoms that we are presented by the clients could be the exact same. We are not limited by a Wesson diagnosis name. We could have it as blood deficiencies, spleen tissue, obstruction, cold uterus. We're not limited um, by a name. So it can be quite freeing in that respect because like, sure, we've got a pin for that. He's busy. Got a pin for everything. Even if we can just make you feel better in the moment. Well, it gives you space to go and look for it.
1: That's so it's so interesting. And that approach that clearly, you know, obviously Chinese medicine is a lot older than Western medicine, yet it sounds to me like Chinese medicine really like has heard what Western medicine have done. And yet I'm not sure Western medicine has really heard anything there.
0: that the Chinese medicine we're, we're We're trying to get louder. I mm-hmm. mean, the fantastic thing is like if you're in Australia, uh, traditional Chinese medicine and, and acupuncture, we are actually governed by APRA. So we yeah. are um, one of the 14 that are ruled by that uh, very heavy registration. And I quite like that protection actually because it does mean that um, my qualification and blood, sweat, tears and loss of life counts as mm-hmm. something. Um, so it, it really goes to show that we are respected according to the health industry. And um, you know, that means that the greater public is protected as well. It it really means that you have to go through the, like it's minimum five year degree. We yeah. do more papers than, um chiropractic a lot of the time. So it's, it's pretty intense and you want to make sure that who you're dealing with has done all of the study and registration and insurances to make sure that you're in safe hands and, when I trained in China, you um, anybody that does herbal medicine or acupuncture in China has to have done their MD first. So at the university I trained at, most of the lecturers have were born in China, trained in China. So we never try to segregate uh, Western medicine from what you're doing in Chinese medicine, whereas I found when I was doing naturopathy, it was very much them versus mm-hmm. us, and yeah. that's very hard and that's very segregative. And it also kind of adds to an adi- an underlying attitude and now I just don't care. Cool. You're on antidepressants. I'm not looking at that as a secondary symptom to what's going on with you. That's part of your picture. Okay. So you're on um, chemotherapy. I'm not actually going to look at that separate to the other factors you've got. I'm not going to go, oh, well, the nausea is from the side effects of that. The hair loss is from the side effects of that. I'm like, no, that's not a separate picture. You are coming with that irrespective of the medication that you're taking. I treat all of that in you. I'm not discounting or trying to get you off that because mm. it's creating a response so I, f- I find it very freeing, very free
1: yeah I mean th- like the more tools to help I-, I think the better when it comes to our health because it is such a it's such a complex journey and so when oh. you say we've got a pin for that are you talking specifically <laughs> about acupuncture like
0: like Chinese i mean it's safety for dummies hold everything here. together with safety pins <laughs> no it's it's a sterile single use acupuncture needle that we would have finer finer than your hair most of the time like and, um
1: and so can you just like break down acupuncture for me then like sure. for dummies. So how does it actually work
0: acupuncture is the practice of inserting single sterile use stainless steel needles into certain different confluent or acupuncture points within the body so Um, meridian lines are similar to nerves they run up and down the body from the feet to the head from the chest to the fingers and these meridians similar to nerves have um, an electrical pulse and they when stimulated can create a effort response to get the body's own homeostasis to start to invigorate to balance the body's own natural systems again so uh on a very Reduce like very, very, very blunt way of saying it is essentially it regulates the vagal nerve and regulates your nervous system to come back to relaxation to then activate what needs to be activated. uh Or in some cases, it stimulates uh, minor, minor, minor injury that then gets the white blood cells in the immune system engaged and excited and reinvigorates it to that area of distress or injury or arthritis and then re reignites the body's own ability to remember how to regulate and heal itself
1: i i have had quite a bit of acupuncture over the Mm -hmm. years and i i hate it because i've got this needle thing and it's like doesn't really hurt but like how's the idea how yeah and sometimes I wonder, you know, am I going to the right practitioner? Because mm, there's so many. That feeling maybe not. <laughs> I know, I know. because there's, so, there's so many out there, right? And yeah, and so well, so, how should and I also you have, to, you have to check weekend.
0: whether or not it's a dry. If it's dry needling, it's gonna hurt, and dry needling's only done on weekend. And I've done two thousand hours minimum supervised. What's so wait, what's dry condi- needling? Dry so needling is what your myotherapist or chiropractor will be doing, and they've only done a weekend of point location, so they don't actually understand the pathogenesis behind the points they're using. So, for example, if you come to my clinic and you have a sore shoulder, I would not be putting a needle anywhere near your shoulder. I'll be using your arm or your foot or your ankle to get rid of the pain because I won't need all areas of trauma. I figure the body's already guarding it, doing what it needs in the area. So dry needling will also hurt because in our minds they're babies. I'm like, if you saw one of them and you got a lot out of it, great, that's a better reason to see an acupuncturist because if it was that easy, imagine if someone with as much experience as, as I do, they'll get even better results for you. Mm. Um, what you're looking for in your acupuncturist or Chinese medicine practitioner is you want to check that they are registered with APRA. Uh, you also want to check um, if, you, if you like what they talk about because some people – Sometimes it is just the person that you're chatting to. Like I'm not everyone's flavor, especially if you can't stand a bit of spicy swear words. Um, That's not your vibe. You might prefer a male practitioner. That's fine too. Um, I explain to my clients that it shouldn't be overly painful. It shouldn't be overly uncomfortable. Normally when someone inserts the needle to the correct acupuncture point, there's like a hum or a dull ache or a buzzing sensation. And that should subside. If it doesn't subside, um, then you can talk to the practitioner and normally they will maybe make a slight adjustment. But we do want that humming, aching, buzz sensation because that's called dirty. That's literally the uh, chemical response to the body being stimulated on the acupuncture point. And sometimes it might make the needle wobble. Sometimes it might make it stand tauter. Um, That's what you want to see. As a white person, anything that's not fluff and nice and lovely, we automatically think is danger. Like medicine doesn't taste good. Exercise doesn't always feel great. So I try to remind my clients, especially the white ones, that hold on a minute, little pain, a lot of gain. Um, but again, I don't want them sitting there stressing. But ironically, in our clinic at Zhong Center, the more needle-phobic you are, the quicker you fall asleep. So if, in our clinic, everyone's asleep. They have a cry and then they fall asleep.
1: I've never fallen asleep, but I do know what that that one where it hits that
0: and it goes, and mm-hmm.
1: you're like, oh, I, I just, I just dread it.
0: And, and then I think sometimes I avoid it. How do I get, how do I learn to love that? Um, or I don't. I, I, No, no, I would get you to practice pushing, pushing the points at home and having an awareness of following where does that sensation go. It's like an opus, you know, like sometimes when I lie down and I'm having acupuncture myself, you can feel the points start to um, talk to each other. They hum on their own accord and then they go on a pattern. So... I would come from a point of observation rather than fear. Be like, oh, so what is it that's making me feel gross about this sensation? What do I think is going to happen? If you can look at it, look at it. I can't really look at them in my own body, but I can look at them in other people. I don't like that since I'm the same. If I get IV, I'm like, nurses, you have to hide this. I cannot look at it in my body. So that's one aspect. So then I would just go from the observation of sensation. So especially if you get, there's a strong one in your hand and it, to me, when I get it done, it's done right. My whole hand goes heavy and it all goes out. And I just look at that and go, oh, I've got a bear paw. It feels like I have a bear paw or there's one in the elbow and I can feel it go all the way up to my ear and I can, and so I just trace the line. I'm like, oh, how far does that go? So it kind of puts me in the, the seat of observation rather than the seat of a victim. Yeah. and I also I I don't know if anyone else does this, but I always am like, how far can I move before it hurts? <laughs> no, I'm, I just don't move at all. I'm like, do not move an inch. Well, if you if you see me and most of the practices at Zhong Center, we leave one hand free because I know that white people freak out. So, and we tend to, to treat a lot of anxiety and a lot of um sensitive, highly strung people. So I tend to leave a hand free so they can pick their own nose. And that tends to give you a little bit of like, okay, I can I can control something until you fall asleep.
1: And I need I would, yeah, I need just to get over it and just like dive in and and surrender to it. But and especially now with what we're going to talk about, cosmic acupuncture. I mean, sign me up or that just inch off my belly. I mean I'm literally coming to Melbourne. So what (laughs) like talk me through it? I've never heard of this before.
0: So um, the aesthetic acupuncture or cosmetic acupuncture that we do is constitutional based. So everyone rings us thinking we're just going to needle the face and that would be a redundant waste of fucking time. You wouldn't get the same results as you would unless you actually incorporated the internal constitution. So we still have to treat your hormones, your health, your stress, your digestion, your menstruation, your sleep. Um, Because if those aren't addressed, then the lines that are showing up in your face are going to continue to be perpetuated. So, for example, everyone talks about the liver lines, the 11s in the corrugator between your eyes. And part of the component of these lines is the gun or the liver. So it's frustration. Uh, it also pertains a little bit to perfectionism. So, like, if you have got one line, you're just an internal perfectionist. If you're a two-line, you like to manipulate other people. So that's your perfection. I, I just
1: thought they were the kindergarten
0: teacher for 20 years line. I just thought that's what. Yeah, that's that's controlling all the kids. Yeah. If you've yeah. got three lines, or if you've got three lines or more, you'd want to control the whole fucking weather system. Like that's the ultimate, what have you, but that's the gun or the liver system and the liver system feels safe by form of control. You know, it likes structure. It likes where things are going to be. I like things my way, you know, it's a, things are going to go to the timeline. So if you're continually frowning at those little fuckers for not doing what they're meant to be doing, mm. that's going to be reinforcing those lines. Yeah. So we work on softening that muscle of the corrugator and, you know, it's a little bit like face gym. You tighten it over time and we drop the cortisol in your body. So you're not so predisposed, uh, predisposition to continue to frown. They won't yeah. fuck you off quite so quickly. So they used to be maybe not picking up the toys. You'd go from where to go in less mm. than 10 minutes mm. after a few weeks of acupuncture and dropping that need. You're like, eh what is the difference between them picking up those toys right now or yes. another hour from now? And it saved your face most importantly. Um, yes. So that's how we do it in our clinic. We also have to treat your body in order to make sure that your face holds more. Um, and, and on a uh, biological level, when you're doing, you know, tiny trauma to skin, it creates a collagen response. So we were trying to encourage the elastin fibers which sit underneath at the lower level of skin at the 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 dermal layer there we're trying to make that more firm so the skin has a hundred day turnover yeah so in a hundred days that's roughly three months there's three period that's a flux and wave of estrogen and progesterone and all those little aspects that also contribute to the makeup and breakdown of collagen and we're firming underneath all those layers and ensuring that the rest of the body is also building chi and blood and shifting that up to the face to encourage it. So this is where it's really profound for skin conditions or adult acne or uh, rosacea, or even just fine lines, or if you want to extend the life of your Botox. So if you um, get your forefinger and your middle finger at the beginning of your eyebrow and push apart, so push, like, try and, like, right at the beginning of the eyebrows, try and push them apart and then frown against that. See how hard that is to frown? I've also so got Botox. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is there with the Botox, that's what Botox does, yeah? You can't frown against that. But did you notice that your hairline was trying to take over? Ah. Yeah, so with us, we're actually tightening up into the, the hairline as well. So if you do have Botox, the other muscles that are associated Aren't trying to overcompensate. So, therefore, you're not burning through your disport as fast or your Botox as fast. So, it lasts longer and you get to look like yourself much longer because what they're saying now is overuse of Botox is, you know, making atrophy of the muscles and they're actually falling off their face. Yeah. So, that's how we're helping the injectors being able to have longevity of their career as well as you having the longevity of um, the beautiful face that you have. So, that, does that kind of explain?
1: Yeah, for sure. What we're doing? I think also the the main thing I heard there was that basically what is going on internally, energetically and physically is going to show up on our body. On your face. And so it's about really getting, like you said, to the root of that plant rather than Mm
0: -hmm. just
1: what the flower looks like. And I think that that's a big difference. And when you're talking about adult acne and things like that, I was like, yeah, like, I'm sure I've, I don't know. I've never really had it, but you know, I'm sure it's topical creams and it's like, rather than, so it's outside in rather than inside out, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, there is a component where some of it has to be outside in because your skin is your protector to the world around you, right? It's the biggest organ in the body and people are so concerned with the face. They forget the rest. and like, yeah. it's still your chest. It's your hands. It's your arms. All of that still contributes to your face. It's not just the, the one area that we're looking at. And, and like, I do a lot of facial diagnosis, so on a, I do a lot of facial reading reports and, and tongue reading and stuff like that. So we can see anything that's happening elsewhere by looking at your face and your face shape and what you've inherited. So, for example, you know, if if you've had um you had, uh, any filler put in your chin, we say that the chin pertains to someone's uh, concentration or focus on the luxury items. So if that's more pronounced, do you like more expensive things or do you not? Like I find it quite um, metaphysical to think about. Same with the nose. The nose is either your spine, and we treat a lot of spinal conditions through just the nose itself, but it's also your life path. So when you see all the rugby players that have got broken noses, I'm like, what happened when you were 12? What happened to when you were 20? Like, let's see if that pertains to life trauma as well as, you know, whatever else going on your face. So it, it can, it can really um, reveal a lot about things that are going on deeper inside you.
1: For sure. And so when you kind of go down this road of, of Chinese medicine to look at whatever healing that you're doing, is it a
0: continual practice? Is it something that you'd have to keep going back to? So our rule of thumb, because uh, originally Chinese medicine was a prevention of illness. So you used to go regularly to prevent getting sick. And then um, now with Western culture, people don't have that kind of time frame. but if you're coming for aesthetic or you're coming for a condition, we say ideally minimum weekly for about eight to 10 weeks. So you want 10 in a row and then, um, 10 sessions a year maintains your face. Okay. So you just do your kind of setup and then come in. Some people like to come once a fortnight but we would generally say come once a month and that will maintain the tightness that you've given. And we're obviously always going to be giving you specific health advice for your constitution or what you're prone to. So you can be well at home. Like I can't wait to get rid of clients. It's my favorite thing to do. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because then you've done your job and that's that's done my
0: job. I don't want to like, I only see you when you're not well. So good. I'm not saying you fuck. It's great. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. The best for sure. Send me a meme. That's all I want to know. (laughs)
1: so overall like i hope that that has kind of dispelled some of maybe apprehension or confusion around chinese medicine Mm -hmm. but that getting the right practitioner i think someone you vibe with
0: yeah yeah get someone you vibe with make sure that make sure that it's acupuncture is a protected title that's not like we can't stop other people with lesser qualifications doing it unregistered so just check that they're using the word acupuncturist that's protected, ask them where they're trained or how long they trained for, and then that should give you a bit more confidence about about them. Um, but, I mean, there's not a lot of acupuncturists in the country. I think there's only maybe 3,000 in the entire country.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah,
0: so if, you, if you're thinking of studying, go to Chinese medicine. I highly recommend it more so than naturopathy. I think you have far more career opportunities because now that I'm doing Chinese medicine, I still find uh, naturopathy medications quite limiting in comparison to Chinese herbs. So people ask me about, you know, what's uh, dunguai or angelica good for? I'm like, well, that's kind of relevant because I would never have angelica by itself. It's always in a combination so that the other herbs protect from having too much or something. And we're also very hyper aware that too much of a herb can make you sick. Mm -hmm. So we're very um, considerate and cautious about how we do that. But that being said, with a Chinese medicine degree, you can still have open prescription to all of the same supplements and Western herbs that a qualified naturopath can offer ah. so if you're ever thinking of jumping ship and retraining and you're really interested in natural health go chinese medicine it's hard but it is so rewarding on the other side
1: that, that's amazing so where can we find
0: and connect with you you know for any reason really well if you're super stalky you can find me on instagram That's where the stalkers are. We all hang out, and it gets really weird sometimes. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, So my Instagram is Doctor Abby Acupuncture. Uh, otherwise, you can come check out my clinic, Zhong Centre, Z-H-O-N-G. We are in St. Kilda in Melbourne. Thank so we do offer online telehealth as well, podcast. or we offer um, facial facial reading reports or tongue reading reports. Those are things that we do. Um, if you're thinking, why would I do telehealth to help my face? You'd be surprised. I've been working with a client maybe. We've done two sessions, and we've uncovered the psycho-emotional reasons between her face being uh, not symmetrical and, and within our two sessions, it's nowhere near as, as obvious together. as it was initially. And I thought I was being so, fucking crazy, but she said it too. So yeah, you can, can it doesn't necessarily like if you're not in Melbourne and you're freaking out like I can't see you, we trust me, I'll find a way, I'll find a way to poke you through the internet.
1: <laughs> amazing. We'll have all those links in the show notes. So head down there. But thank you, Dr. Abby, for kind of cracking this open in a really down to non kind of invasive way.
0: My pleasure. I hope it wasn't too scary to talk to me.
1: Not at all, not at all. So check out those show notes. And if you've had any experience with Chinese medicine that you want to share, head over to our Facebook community page to, I don't know, spread that word. Thanks, Dr. Abbey.
0: Pleasure.